It's Morphin Dive! What what Power Ranger are you, Blake? Uh, I am. Uh, no, that's Tyrannosaurus. That's that's, that's, that's uh, me. Saber Tooth Tiger. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I'm glad you knew. <laughs> most of the time, I don't have clues. <laughs> hey everyone, thank you for joining us tonight. Obviously, uh, due to the weather, we're not able to have the small groups like we planned, but we still wanted to to get together and discuss and, and process out some of this information. So, uh, joining me tonight is the King's House staff, Pastor Blake, Pastor Chris, and and Pastor Cameron, and we're just going to dive into to the sermon on Sunday and and see what God has in store for us. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, I've been excited for weeks and weeks about these small groups that we planned on doing. Yeah! Uh, and then Mother Nature had different plans for us. Oh, man. So uh, we're, we're making the best of a situation, but I still think it's important for us to talk through and think through some of these things that we've been discussing on Sunday mornings and really kind of unpack how do I apply some of these things to my life? What does this mean to me personally? So uh, that's what we're going to do here this evening with you, just kind of talk through some of these things. I think it's important to note that um, just because we're pastors, it doesn't mean that we have all the right answers. Truth. At all. Pastor Mark does. <laughs> we're all on this journey to discover God and discover what it means to know Him and to, to find and follow His will. I mean, we're all in that same boat together. But that is what we talked about Sunday. The title of the message is, Do You Know Him? Uh, and we just kind of dove into what does it mean to really know him. I uh, expounded on a Hebrew word, yada, and a Greek word, gnosko. And even though they're, they're two different words, they both meant to know God personally, to know God experientially, and to know God intimately. In John chapter 10, this is Jesus talking, and he says, I know my sheep, gnosko. And my sheep know me, also the word gnosko. God's saying, I know my sheep personally, experientially, intimately. And my sheep know me personally, experientially, intimately. I think the concept of knowing God intimately, if you will, is a little bit of a different concept for us in, in America. Uh, it might be kind of hard for our brains to even fully understand what does it mean to know God intimately. Uh, so, Chris, I know this is a big question, a big concept, but in, in, in your mind, in your opinion, what does it mean to, to have an intimate relationship with God? Like you said, it's, I think it's really hard to think about it and answer it right away because when we hear the word intimately, we're immediately thinking yeah, sex. Baby. Yes. I mean, baby making. Or am I the right. only one? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. So, to know God intimately, it, it, especially for guys to ask that question to themselves, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Right. What? Right. Um, but personally, I think to know God intimately, not in that sense, um, is to have experiences with his presence. Um, growing up, I have grown up in church, and I have been in countless services where I know that God was there. To know him intimately is to be close to him. I have to kind of go back now being a dad um, of how I know Colin intimately. It's not because of a sexual relationship, because that's not happening. That would be really weird, right? <laughs> not that kind of kid's Fair pastor. Um, but no, no, seriously. My son and I know each other because we hug, we, we kiss each other, we tickle each other, we wrestle with each other. There's that father-son intimate knowing going on. Um, I know his favorite colors. I know what he loves to do. And I think to know God intimately 
we have to go back and ask ourselves, how much are we actually spending time with God to actually ask ourselves, do I really know God intimately? Yeah. I think one thing that kind of sticks out to my mind when you talk about an intimate relationship beyond something sexual is this this aspect of they know everything about you. There's not really, uh, I mean, you're vulnerable. There's not these areas of your life that are, are hidden. And I think that's what's unique about, should be unique about your relationship with a spouse is yeah 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 beyond the sexual the sexual aspect of that intimacy that person knows you more than anybody else knows you all the good qualities about you more importantly probably all the bad qualities about you all the shortcomings all the uh it's that intimate vulnerable relationship uh i think it's hard for men to to have that type of relationship absolutely <laughs> even with our wives it's hard how is it like do you think that god knows you fully but still loves you fully. And what should our response be to that? Well, I think, first of all, we have to understand that God loves us unconditionally no matter what. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so regardless of our, uh, in the words of Celebrate Recovery, hurts, habits, and hangups, no matter what's going on, God still intimately is in love with us yes. mm-hmm. uh, and cares deeply about us. Um, and so to be able to correlate that, ask that question one more time, Mark. You're fully known by God, but you're yet fully loved. So, what should your response be to that? Some, sometimes I it's, think when we're when in other human relationships, we're vulnerable, and we uh, there's certain parts of us that we don't want people to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're afraid that they're going to judge us, they're going to criticize us, yeah. so, so we hide those things. We carry that over into our relationship with God sometimes if we're we not do. careful. Very much so. But He knows you. He still knows you. But He still loves you. So, in those shortcomings, what should your response be to God? Well, our, I think our natural response is to just uh, pull back. Yeah. That's our natural response yes. is to, uh, man, I'm in this sin. I've got this going on. Uh, I can't lift my hands in worship. I can't do that. I don't feel right doing that. Uh, but I think what our response should be is in those moments, you go after God, That's man. Right. You're That's pursuing exactly. uh, probably like you probably haven't pursued before. Yes. Like you're you're on this adventure or you're trying to get somewhere and, uh, and you're going to march past any barrier to get there and the barrier being your shortcomings. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. God already knows those things. Yeah. Yep. Those things aren't stopping his love for you. Nope. The only X factor is, is how are you going to respond? It's, it's us. It's not a it's not a catch God off guard like, oh holy crap, Blake did such and such. He already yep. knew that. Yeah. Uh, so it's our response, man. That's that's exactly right, Blake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday we talked about this this re- difference, contrast between the way Simon treated Jesus and the way Mary treated Jesus. And uh, just such a stark contrast that, that Simon did not treat him with honor, didn't wash his feet, didn't kiss his cheek, didn't anoint his head. And then you have Mary over here who's, uh, I mean, kissing those dirty feet and washing them with her tears and drying them with her hair and anoints his body with, with the alabaster jar. And um, so sad to me that someone like Simon, who could literally have the Old Testament memorized, mm-hmm. 300 plus prophecies about the Messiah memorized that in itself is just staggering uh i can't remember my address most days Uh, (laughs) but it's so sad to me that that the person that you know so much about is literally sitting in your living room feet from you and you don't know that it's him uh cameron i want to know what's the difference between simon and mary one person knew jesus with his head The other person knew Jesus with her heart, this experiential, personal relationship. 
how does that play out in the real world? Like, what, what does that look like to me and you? Man, you know, I think for me personally, you know, in my head, there's a lot of things that I want to be or that I would like to think that I am. You know, in my head, I sing just as good on stage as I sing in the shower. You know, obviously, yes. you know, that's, that's not true by any sure. means. But in my head, it is, you know. But in everything that you're doing, you know, I can, in my head, I can know um, anything about every movie that's ever made. I'm a huge movie buff. I like to know, you know, how they're made and behind the scenes things. In my head, I can know all these things. But in my heart, I'm not a movie maker by, by any means. Yeah. You know, I can have all the knowledge in the world and I can, you know, rattle things off better than anybody else. But if my heart isn't in that, and if that's not an intimate relationship I'm having, then it's at that point it's just knowledge it's not experience it's not it's not real love it's just um in some sort of understanding you know sure sure um obviously knowing all about jesus isn't enough i mean simon mm -hmm. proves that mm -hmm. the messiah's feet from him and he he doesn't know it's the messiah it's so crazy yeah it's, it's horrifying to think but there's also this aspect like we need to know God with our minds. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need to study scripture. Mm -hmm. People fall into so many ditches because they have no clue what the Bible says, mm -hmm. right? Especially in today's world. Uh, we, we're moved so much by our feelings, by our emotions. This is a massive pitfall, pitfall for, for so many believers. Blake, discuss the balance, if you will, a little bit. The importance of knowing God with your mind. We can't undervalue that but also knowing God in that experiential way. How do both of those worlds come together and coexist? Well, I'll start off by saying, uh, I remember even back as a teenager going to church and hearing the pastor say something, and for whatever reason, it stuck with me all these years. And it's that a believer will miss, or, or a believer will miss heaven by 18 inches. Yeah. The distance from the heart to the head. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back then you're like, ah, oh, come on, whatever. But it, there's so much truth, I think, to that is that Again, knowing God and knowing God are two separate things. Um, Mark, can you repeat your question one more time? I get, I get on this mindset. I'm like, I got this. I got this. And I'm like, the balance between knowing God with your head. It's yes. important. you got to study and the balance between experiencing God. How did, the, how did the, both of those, because I've, I've seen both to be honest with you, people that know all the scriptures, and I've debated these people, they know about God, but yes. they don't know him. But then I also know a whole pile of Fruit Loops <laughs> who their whole world revolves around the goosebumps and the feelings, and the that doesn't last. That doesn't. A, there's a balance in there. There has to be a balance. So what does that look like in our lives day to day? Well, I think it's something you have to work at day to day um, in keeping that balance. Again, we want the prophetic. We want the giftings of God. Yes, we need we, them. We need these we things. Need we them. want these things. Yes. Um, but going all that direction, you lose out on any potential new believers coming along because you're again they're thinking you're Fruit Loops, sure. Uh, and so you have to have that healthy balance in there, which we strive to have here at the King's yes. House, mm -hmm. um, of being able to have both sides. Yes. Uh, I think uh, I think of it even in terms of like our atmosphere that we create in worship. Uh, you can have lights, you can have smoke, you can have all this, but if it's all just show then you're missing out on the true worship. Yes. But you can have a balance of both. Yes. And I think that's 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 the picture you try to get is, is a, a very healthy balance yes. in that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to have this healthy balance. And Chris, tell me if you agree with me. Um, I love experiencing God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I, I, I want to have some type of experience with God on a daily basis. I want to hear Him daily. I want to feel His presence daily. Um, 
But I think the balance is so important, Chris, is that there's a lot of days that I don't hear God. There's a lot of days that I absolutely positively don't have goosebumps and warm, fuzzy feelings. And I think it's important that if your relationship with God is based only on feelings, then you're probably not going to make it very far because those feelings will only take you so far. Absolutely. So there has to be this balance of like, I know the word. My life is built on the word. I'm grounded on the words. Absolutely. No, I definitely agree with that. Like, for example, a uh, personal example, when my dad was struggling with his life and he was losing the battle to ALS, I know what the word of God says, yes. you know, lay hands on them, pray, believe two or three more gathered. You're th- he's there in our midst. We have the um, ability with God's presence inside of us to lay hands on people and see miracles and yes. signs and wonders. I've even, I've even physically seen it with my own eyes, like mm-hmm. in person, someone's leg literally growing out to match the other one. And yet here's my dad dying yeah. and I'm praying and I'm believing and other family members are praying and believing and yet he's not getting better and we actually end up burying him. I think where it comes to it, like I know the word of God, but yet I also know the word of God. And I know that God is still good no matter what happens. And if it wasn't for God and my intimate relationship with him, not just knowing him with my head, but knowing him with my heart and the experiences I've had with him, I don't think I could have gotten through that situation. Like I literally was um, a rock for most of my family during that time. And, And what was beautiful out of it all is that when my uncles gave their heart to Jesus through my dad's service, like it was just all timely and so perfect just to know that yeah, things might not go the way we want them to go most of the times. And, and yeah, our feelings can definitely fail us, like you said. But I think when we really know God, we can trust in him. No it's at the end of the, at, like at the end of the day, I mean, we're all family. And so I know if Mark yells at me for something or, or I yell at Chris or however it all goes or my family, whatever. At the end of the day, I know that there's love there. That's mm-hmm. the underlying part is love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all the other, it's not that it's irrelevant, but the core mm-hmm. is the love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the basis. That's the foundation is the love. Yeah, all these things have to work together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And God wants us to experience Him, but your following can't be based on a feeling. Because mm-hmm. those things change. Or you're not going to follow very far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if there was one scripture that I could rip out of the Bible, it would be in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, we talked about it Sunday. It is far and away the most unnerving, uh, the most horrifying scripture in all of scripture, in my opinion. But in Matthew chapter 7, this is Jesus talking, and he, he uses this, this, this word, many, that again, I wish it said like a couple, a couple. or a few, <laughs> but it doesn't. It says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Mm-hmm. Did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not do many miraculous works in your name? And Jesus says, I will look at them and say, depart from me, you evil doers. Mm-hmm. Because I never knew you. Again, that word knew is the same word that's in John chapter 10, where I know my sheep. I never knew you. Gnosko, I never had that personal, experiential, intimate relationship with you. This terrifies me because, in my opinion, if you're prophesying, Mm -hmm. if you're casting out demons... If you, <laughs> you're lumped into this period. If you, if you are doing many miraculous signs and wonders, like if I had to cast a boat or I had to put some money on it, that dude probably knows God. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're prophesying, you're casting out demons, you're doing right. miracles. Like, yeah, you obviously know God, but they obviously didn't know God. Mm-hmm. And so many times I think, Mark, even kind of piggyback what you're saying here, 
we aspire. If I see you prophesying, of I see course. you here. I aspire. I want to be like. I want that. to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all this, and all at the same time, my heart's in the right place. Of course, but you're missing it. Yes, mm-hmm. Chris. How in the world is Matthew chapter seven possible? Like, what does that? How can somebody be prophesying, casting out demons, yeah, and not know God? Like, and what does that mean for? for I'm, I'm sitting here unnerved, like maybe some of you people. are. Well, yeah, what does that mean for <laughs> us, man? Because like you said it perfectly on Sunday. Like, those are the people who are doing the stuff. Yeah, dude, they're on TVN. Like, you know, they're, they're, they got YouTube channels. They got. They're they the are Avengers. it. Yeah. They yeah. are it. Um, personally, just thinking about it, uh, and again, this is all on the fly uh, of, of all of these questions to us, like. Um, I think maybe they got so caught up in the the motions. Uh-huh. Maybe they got so caught up in having the face of the Christian, the follower, the Jesus person, the the church goer. Maybe maybe they got really good at doing things, but totally missed the reason and who they're doing those things for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts, gentlemen? I mean, I, I think. In terms of, you know, doing anything, if you do it enough, it starts to feel like a chore. You know, um, if you do, so, if you, uh, if you're prophesying or if you're praying over people, if you're, I mean, if you're cleaning your house, I mean, anything that you do in your life, whether it's, you know, mundane or big tasks, if you do it enough, it's going to feel like a chore eventually. And when that happens, it can be really, really hard to keep your heart and your head in the right place and, you know, fully understand why it is you're doing what you're doing because I mean we are human and we're going to fall through imperfections and one of those imperfections we're going to have is experiencing that feeling of just uh, experiencing things on the surface level and just kind of uh, doing our chores and doing what we need to do day by day going through the motions Mm -hmm. yeah let's use King's House the logo and everything as a quick example say somebody uh, like we don't know who this person is um, and this is not a real example this is a hypothetical (laughs) example but somebody um, gets all of our gear they're wearing the hat they're wearing the hoodie they're wearing the bracelets they're going out KH Chris Chris. we all know that guy (laughs) no no relation (laughs) so so this guy's going out and and doing great things you know making peanut butter jelly sandwiches and giving them to the homeless and Mm -hmm. passing out Bibles or whatever and and people are seeing this person displaying all this and maybe even congratulating us like, hey, this person's doing a great job, but like, we have no clue who this person is. And so they come in one day and they're like expecting to get on staff with us. And we're like, but we don't know who you are. I think there's a lot of what Jesus is maybe trying to say here. Like you can wear all my merch you want to. You can have the bumper stickers that shows that you're a Christian. You can be on staff at a church even. Like let's go there. And he still doesn't really know who you are even though you're sporting him all over your yeah. life. Mm-hmm. It's because you still refuse to yet get in and get known. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So these people wouldn't get a golden ticket to heaven, is what you said. <laughs> but they're free. <laughs> they're free. free! <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, again, unnerving concept to try to wrap your mind around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word says that believers should walk out their salvation with fear and trembling. Another scripture that we don't spend a lot of time diving into, maybe we should. So, if you can prophesy, if you can cast out demons and miracles and not know him, even though it would definitely appear that those people would probably know him, this begs the question, how do I know if I know him? Mm-hmm. How do I know? I don't, this is Mark Hinnon personally speaking, well, I'm going to stand before the Lord someday, as we all are. When I stand before the Lord, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter mm-hmm. into your rest, like... 
killed it. How do I know that's what's going to be said to me and not depart from me, evildoer? I never <laughs> knew you. I mean, nobody wants that to be the response no. when you stand before the judgment seat. Right. So how do I know that I know him? Mm-hmm. How, how, uh, I was asked the question years and years ago. Uh, how will someone know that I'm a believer? Yeah. And, well, I go to church. I serve. I, I this. I that. Um I read the Bible. I mean, all these things are, I guess, a, a typical answer. But how do how do you know that I know? Was the question that I was asked, and the only way that the answer came about to me was, uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna see that change. You're gonna see the things mm-hmm. that this person is doing uh, to show that. Um, you're you will know them by their fruits, is what the word says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but again, how many of these other people? Sure are show, showing those same fruits yeah. that we're trying to show, which I think is why it's one of the reasons that people get bad names so easily in, in the Christian world mm-hmm. uh, is because we try so hard and we're striving for excellence and striving for all these things. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think you, you, it's, it's how are you showing Christ and how are you living out Christ in your life to show that you know Christ mm-hmm. more in a visible, you can know him up here too. So Sure. And you should. I think sometimes the actions that you take on, it's more than just, you know, going to church and uh, doing the bare minimum that you're supposed to do. But what, where are you going above and beyond to do things? It's not just, you know, what are your jobs? What, what are some personal ministries that you're taking on for yourself? Uh, what are some things that, you know, what are some issues or problems that you're seeing that you're going to take into your own hands and you're going to pray about and pour your volunteer hours and your efforts into, you know, how can you... Um, go above and beyond and excel in those areas. And I think that when you do that, you know, uh, there's the phrase that, you know, people never really change. And that's just, that's just not true. I mean, I know a handful of people who were one way, you know, became born again. And now, I mean, they're head volunteers and they are the first ones to jump up, uh, you know, if someone needs prayer. And you will genuinely see the actions these people take um, really Change and it puts them in a new light. And it's not just on Sundays either. It's any day of the week. You know, it's, it's not just bare minimum. It's that... Uh, going above and beyond at your own expense. I think you said a crucial word in there. And again, like these guys really didn't get these questions beforehand and we don't have all the answers. And some of these questions are, I don't know that anyone has the full answers to some of these questions. So, you know, you got just four dudes in here just kind of throwing some ideas out. But I think you said a key word, Cameron. Something needed to have changed in your life. Mm -hmm. Now, like we hear these testimonies of, I used to be a prostitute and I used to snort crack cocaine and I used to like... I, I don't have any of those testimonies. N- none of you do. Growing up in church, I was, I was kind of envious of some of those testimonies. Right. And it's easy to see, like, the stark change from where I was to where I am. But even for me, like, when Jesus came into my heart, something... He changed me. It changed me. Mm-hmm. The way I think, the way I the Holy Spirit convicts me. Now, we're all going to sin. Every day, probably. Right. But can you sin comfortably... I think is a question we need That's to be. That's a good question. Can mm-hmm. you sin? I, I sin, but when I sin, I know yeah. I sin. Mm-hmm. And that little dude sitting on my shoulder will not leave me alone. I got to get this thing right. People that live in sin, 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 with no conviction. Uh, you should be miserable if you're a believer living yeah. in sin. You should be miserable. Mm-hmm. It's oil and water. Those worlds don't mix anymore. The yes. Holy Spirit should be making you miserable. Uh, here, here's a few things that, that, that I think are questions we need to ask ourselves. 
number one, how do I know I know him? Does he speak to you? When you know somebody, that, that person speaks to you. In John chapter 10, the, the verse we talked about earlier, I know my sheep, my sheep know me. The verse goes on to say that they hear my voice. They know me. I mean, when I, when I don't have to have caller ID when I answer the phone and it's my dad. I know it's him. Yes. Mm-hmm. He sounds like the, the crazy redneck on the other end of the phone. Like, that's the godfather, right? <laughs> I know my mom's voice. I know Erica's voice. Like, when you know somebody, uh, believers should be hearing the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Or at least striving to learn how to develop that. Uh, that's a crucial part of a relationship. Here, here's a few more things that I think we need to be analyzing ourselves with. Uh, a question for you. What is it that you sacrifice your money for? I'm not trying to harp on money, and, but where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to see what's important in your life. Look at your calendar. Look at your checkbook. Where you spend the most time and the most money is what's most important to you. Mm-hmm. If you have this developing relationship with God where you're falling more in love with Him, you're getting to know Him personally, experientially, and intimately, that should reflect somewhere in your checkbook and your calendar. What is it? Here's another good thought for you. Where do you run when you're hurt or you're in need of comfort? Where do you run? That's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my kids have great relationships with all sorts of people. We have wonderful grandparents and wonderful aunts and uncles and friends and staff. And I mean, we're very blessed in that department. But when those kids are hurt or they really need something, they don't run to Pastor Blake or Pastor Chris. They think both these guys are incredible. PC hung the moon in my house. But when Melly or Sawyer hurt, they're running to dad or they're running to mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They depend on me. They know me in that kind of way. Yeah. An important question to ask yourself, where do I run? Mm-hmm. When crap hits the fan, my life's falling apart. Where is it? It's just a way, do I really know him? Am I really building my life? Yeah. Another thought for you, what, what makes you excited and what makes you sad? What moves you? Is your life connected to his life enough that you feel what he feels, that you want what he wants, vice versa? Mm-hmm. The things that when God's moving, does it excite you? If you have a relationship with a wonderful example, I never watched an episode of Power Rangers in my life. I've tried a couple times and it's absurd. I'm praying for him. It's absurd to me. Chris, on the other hand, is a diehard fan. I mean, he's got, he, in his office right now, there, there's, there's the paraphernalia and there's books and there's... It's not that bad. It's yeah, one it's book. <laughs> but when Chris gets excited about the Power Rangers, I am genuinely interested, genuinely excited. Even though, even though I have to say, I'm going to talk as if you guys care. And then I just geek out for a moment. That's, that's a morpher. That's... And trust me, I, I could care less about the morpher, but I care a whole, whole bunch about Chris. So what makes him excited makes me excited. Mm-hmm. I care about it. I care about it. Chris probably doesn't care at all about hunting, fishing, some of the things that I'm passionate about. But he's a fantastic listener. He asks. He gets when I'm excited about something. That's how it should be with your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Do the things of God excite you? Opposite in the spectrum. When something goes wrong uh, with fellow believers or the church or the kingdom of God, does that break your heart? Does your heart break for the things that his heart breaks for? Mm-hmm. That's good. Again, these are just some thoughts, some questions, King's House, that I think would be important for you to kind of think and process through. Yeah. Lastly, guys, as, as we wrap up here, 
I want an intimate relationship with God. I want to know him personally, experientially, intimately. How? Where do I start this journey? What? I think that, um, you, you, uh, obviously, you know, we hear that, you know, humans were not perfect. You know, we are born into sin, into imperfection. So um, I don't think that practice is going to make perfect for us, but I think that practice and consistency will make permanence. Um, it's not enough to just memorize, uh, you know, the book of Matthew and all the 14 generations of who was born, you know, before Jesus. That's not enough. Uh, it's important to read that, but truly understand the significance and how that applies to your life now. And even on the flip side, it's not just enough to pray your little generic prayer and get your goosebumps and, you know, feel all good. I mean, you have to pray in the spirit. You have to pray for um, specific things in your life, things that you like, things that you don't like. I mean, it's the whole spectrum. It's not enough to just be a communion CEO. That's Christmas and Easter only. It's, you know, it's like you said, when you sin, you should, you know, feel repentance for that. I mean, it, it should be a uh, daily expression of gratitude for the sacrifice that God made. And when you do those things enough, eventually, I mean, you know, those habits set into motion and then those habits become automatic. And uh, then it's, it's almost like, you know, you wake up every single morning and before you know it, you're declaring your love for God and you're, you're praying for your day to go the course, you know, that he sets for you. And I mean, when you do these things over and over and over again, eventually, I mean, those practices are set in motion. I mean, intimacy starts to grow. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is that, that that start. You know, it's not going to be perfect, but if you practice, it will be permanent, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely that aspect. Like, you've got to get moving, <clears throat> do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, start somewhere. Yeah. All right, Chris, l- let me pose it like this. Uh, I have one month to, I got to get to know God on a personal, intimate level. And I have one month to do it. 30 days, man. I need, like, give me the big three or four, like, A, B, C, run and do it for a month and it's gonna <laughs> and it's gonna happen uh, it's gonna help well, it's gonna <laughs> first of all i think we as human beings uh even christians we get into this mindset of i've arrived yeah. in my relationship with god mm. you know i have been saved i've been water baptized i attend church occasionally what do you call yeah. it CE- ceo ceo christmas and easter only yeah. um i uh maybe volunteer uh i may do this i may do th- and we come to this uh like i've arrived i'm a good person i do all this other stuff but there's this um open worship lyrical moment um that i'll never forget when i was a teenager of the band jesus uh culture with kim walker and uh one of this open worship time that she was singing these lyrics have just stuck to me is that i don't want to just camp out where i am i don't want to just stay in my place i want to go deeper i want to go more and that personally has carried, I've carried that with uh, myself uh, through my relationship with Christ. I never want to feel like I've arrived. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I want to constantly pursue God. I want to constantly always something, uh, right? go deeper in his presence. And yeah. the ABCs, I think, of what, what you could do, like, I mean, I would definitely make time to worship him every day. Yeah. Uh, I know our lives are busy. Uh, kids, young kids, teenage kids, it don't matter. No kids at all. Life's busy. You got work. You got stuff to do. But is life too busy to where we can't just pause five minutes out of our day and just worship God? Just turn on a song while you're driving and commuting instead of listening to YouTube or something like that. You can actually be intentional about focusing on God just to worship him and just to put him on the on the throne of your day uh, so praising God I think would be number one number two is uh, probably getting into the word and I know that sometimes getting into the Bible is really intimidating for people uh, you rattling off scripture after scripture can be so intimidating to some people because reading the Bible is hard sometimes like let's just be honest it's a big, it's a big book it's a big book uh, but <laughs> Lots of little words but I think I think we we say that 
and then that's our excuse to not try to advance. Mm-hmm. When there are free resources like the uh, Bible app and all these other things to where it really brings and simplifies so much of what the Bible says and how you can apply it to your life mm-hmm. of how you can get closer in your relationship with God. Um, we're also really good. My last one, and then I guess you can have Blake answer it. I don't know, but uh, I think when we talk to God, that's prayer, and we're really good at praying. We're really good at asking God for things, yeah. but are we really we good are. at just sitting still and just letting him talk to us? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about this intimate relationship. Well, a relationship is healthy when it's two ways and not just one. So are you actually hearing God's voice? Do you know what God's voice sounds like? Do you know what he wants for your life? And kind of practicing that. We've mm-hmm. talked about that recently in your first sermon series of the new year, Real Relationship. Yeah. Go check it out. It was a great sermon series. It was. It was. It was really beneficial. Like every sermon series that I've ever done. Yeah. I mean, really. Yes. Right, guys. Oh, yeah. right, guys. Yes. They are the best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, one of the most crucial things to an intimate relationship with God. We just touched on it a little bit earlier, talking about uh, that vulnerability aspect of being fully known mm-hmm. and still fully loved. I think that. Um, and if you read through the Psalms, one, one person in the whole Bible that said, this guy is a man after my own heart. And that's pretty huge accolades. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Moses, and it wasn't Elijah. It was this heart player named David. Mm-hmm. Out of all that, this is a man after my own heart. Well, if you read the Psalms, like, he spends about 75% of those angry, mad, sad, disappointed. God, where the heck are you? Why have you left? Um, I think it's a picture of of what our relationship with God can and should look Mm -hmm. like. God already knows how you're feeling. Yes. Mm -hmm. Stop lying to yourself and lying to God. (laughs) (laughs) He knows what's going on in here. Uh, He already knows your mistakes and your failures before you ever made them. These things haven't caught him off guard, haven't surprised him, haven't changed the way he views you or looks at you. So we got to fully embrace, I'm fully known. Okay? There's an aspect of God knowing those things already. And it's different when you are willing to open up your heart and your life. Say, God, I know you already know this, but this is how I'm feeling. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is, it's one thing that, to know about it. It's another thing for you to bring those things to God and say, I want you to have these things. Uh, it's, it's this next step of intimacy, yes. of, yeah. of vulnerability. Very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. But he already knows it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his love for you is not going to change. No. It's constant. You're not going to disappoint him. He already knows. Yeah. Right? Uh, he's not judging you. He was already judged on the cross. Those sins have already been paid for, right? Before you ever already been paid for. Uh, so I would, I, I would say, to go along with what Chris said, to get real with God, mm-hmm. to just to get real with Him. It, it revolutionized my relationship with God personally. I'm not saying it in some ugly way, as if He's not a superior being. He obviously is. He could lightning bolt me right now. Um, but it's okay to say, God, I'm really upset about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I'm really disappointed in this. Yeah. God, your word says this and this happened. It's okay to have some of those conversations with God. Yes. It needs to end the way that it ends in every single one of the Psalms. I mean, he spends 75% of that Psalm saying, God, what about this? What about this? I'm mad. I'm sad. He, he goes through the list. But by the end of it, God, you are so good. God, you are so faithful. You're the good shepherd. You'll never let... Like it always, David turns those things around to praise and to worship. And that would be my advice to you. Um, have some real, open, honest, vulnerable conversations with God. Yeah. Um, 
That is the key to intimacy. But don't leave them there. Uh, say, God, I might not understand, but I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. God, it doesn't look like you're good, but I know that you are. God, it doesn't feel like you're faithful, but you can't be anything but faithful. I think this is a key that can really unlock a new dimension of knowing God, of having an intimate relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I really do. He already knows it. Yes. I don't know what you're trying to hide. He, you're not doing a good job of it. No. <laughs> he knows. So, so, so be willing to be open, honest, vulnerable. He's your dad. He loves you. Mm-hmm. Nothing can separate you from his love. Fully embrace the fact that you're fully known and yet fully loved. It's, it's, a, it's a mystery. Uh, so, hey, King's House, I am so happy that you tuned in. I hope this helped on some level. I hope that this, uh, these, these talking this out can help you apply and to your life and process some of this information. Uh, the good Lord willing, we're going to be able to get together in our small groups like we had planned next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, I love you guys. I can't wait to see you Sunday morning for part three of this series, Fan or Follower. And I'm just praying and believing in God that he's going to continue to move and work in your life. God bless you, King's House. Have a great rest of your night.